Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. I'm so glad you joined us today. We're beginning a brand new series entitled Suffering and Trials. You say, Derek, why are you excited about that? That doesn't sound like good news, but it's suffering and trials with Christ by our side, our comfort, our strength, our hope, and I know you'll be blessed today. Suffering with the Good Shepherd. Well, that's an interesting topic. We're glad you joined us. So welcome to the team. Brand new series. And seems very relevant for the days in which we live, doesn't it? Suffering and trials. We're glad you're here. We've also got some remote team members joining us. Want to welcome Sabina joining us from British Columbia. Sabina, good to see you. And Rodney, good to see you joining us from Canada, Toronto, Canada. And uh, Gladys joining us from Maryland here in the United States. Gladys, we're always glad to have our remote team members with us. And we're glad you're here with us too. We're always happy to hear from you, our Hope Sabbath School members around the world. And uh, I know it brings us joy, doesn't it, to hear from them. You can write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. You say, well, no no one needs to hear from me, but we'd love to hear from you how God's blessing you through a study of His Word. Evans writes to us from Indonesia. Indonesia, I've been watching Hope Sabbath School since 2006. By the way, Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world. Mm-hmm. Our high school has tried to adopt your Hope Sabbath School way of teaching the study. Amen. Amen. We believe the wisdom from heaven will be with us. Mm-hmm. God bless you as you continue to be a blessing to so many people around the world, praying for you all. And we say, Amen. 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 Thank you, Evans, for writing to us from Indonesia. We're happy to hear from you. Here's a note from a donor, a donor in Florida. And the donor says, we have a huge avocado tree, higher than two, our two-story house. Mm-hmm. And this year, we were able to share avocados with neighbors, with neighbors, co-workers, and friends, and we still have more avocados <laughs> on the tree. <laughs> what a blessing. So now we're sharing a gift with Hope Sabbath School. Mm. No, Jason, not a box of avocados. <laughs> oh, We've been blessed with every Bible study, May God multiply the gift so that many more around the world can hear the Word of God. God bless you. And a gift of $200 for Hope Sabbath School. Well, donor in Florida, you know who you are. Thank you for that gift. And thank you for sharing your avocados with others. And by the way, thank you to each one who partners with us. You can go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the donate button. It makes a real difference when you become an impact partner with us. Thank you so much. Here's a note from Yoram. It's spelled J-O-R-A-M-Z. That's an unusual Yoram, I'm going to say. From Uganda, we just launched a new Hope Channel in Uganda. Amen. We've got 70 channels worldwide. Uganda's wow. our, I think, our latest edition. And Yoram says, we greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's give him a wave. Thank you for the great work you're doing. The whole team, we always love and watch sitting here in our living room in Uganda. May the Lord keep on blessing you in the work you're doing to expand the ministry of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks for writing to us. You'll have to write back to me and give me a phonetic way to say your name because I Mm -hmm. want to say it correctly. One last note from Irene. 
Irene's writing uh, on our Facebook page. We've got about 180,000 followers on our Facebook page. And Irene says, Hope Sabbath School was a lifeline during COVID-19. Mm. We watched it for years and are truly blessed by it. Thank you so much. May our loving Father bless you and the panel with wisdom that comes from our Heavenly Father. And we say, Amen. 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 Especially for this yeah. series, Irene, I think her husband's name's Joseph. Thanks for writing to us on our Facebook page. From You're from California. And, and this series on suffering and trials is actually going to be a great encouragement yeah. because Christ is by our side today, suffering with the Good Shepherd, an ancient scripture song that shares some words of hope and comfort with us. But before we start our study, we've got a new scripture song. It's short, but it's powerful, taken from Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Let's sing it together. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Fear not, You know, that's one of my favorite promises in the whole Bible. The Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, right? Mm -hmm. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For, for a series on suffering and trials, yes. that's oh, yeah. a powerful promise, Amen. isn't it? Today we're going to look at an ancient Psalm, but before we do, let's pray. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for our Hope Sabbath School team, not only in the studio, not only our remote team members, but each Hope Sabbath School member around the world as we begin this important series in a time when many in the world are suffering and going through trials. I pray the Holy Spirit would be our teacher, that Jesus would be lifted up as our wonderful Savior, comforter, and that we would find hope and courage in Him. Guide us today, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Well, we're talking in this first study of our series on suffering and trials about suffering with the Good Shepherd. Mm -hmm. And before we go to a 3,000-year-old scripture song, I want to just do a scan of the scripture because this theme of the Lord as a Good Shepherd is mm -hmm. frequent in the scriptures. Yeah. Jason Miller, you you know the scriptures well. Is there a text that comes to your mind that speaks about the Lord as a good shepherd? Sure, I think of one in Isaiah. Well, and, let's read uh, it together. Is that Isaiah 40? That is Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 11. All right, let's take a look at that together. And I have the New King James Version here, and it says in Isaiah 40, 11, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those who are with young." Laurel, what kind of picture of the shepherd do you get out of that revelation? Like a, I would like a father figure, like he's with the young, as we can see in that like illustration there. It just sounds like someone who you want to draw close to. All right, you wouldn't mind being one of his sheep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Travis, can you think of another Bible text that, that points about the, the Lord as a good shepherd? Jeremiah? All right, let's Jer take a look there. Jeremiah 23, 3 and 4. All right, here's a few hundred years after Isaiah, even though it's the next book in the Bible. Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 3 and 4. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they lack anything, says the Lord. Amen. Anything added to what uh, Laurel said about the, the compassion? Well, there's no lack, uh, um, there's no fear, and, 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 this, and, and the claim is to not be dismayed. Mm. So that kind of reminds us of that promise we sang, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, beautiful. Enoch, could you take us to Ezekiel chapter 34 and verse 12. For, th for those who may not know, maybe you're joining us for the first time or not very acquainted with the scriptures, Ezekiel was a contemporary of Jeremiah and of the Ooh. prophet Daniel, right? So this is during the uh, 6th century BC. And in Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 12, Enoch, how does that read in your Bible? Okay, I'm reading from the NIV version and it reads, As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I'll rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. Amen. So I'm going to get excited with that text because that, that's another beautiful picture. Jason Lawson, what do you hear there? Oh, man, it's nothing but love in that you know, particular <laughs> passage. You know, it's like God is like gathering. You know, He wants us to be with Him. And so mm -hmm. the Scripture definitely, definitely presents a beautiful picture of that. All right. Jason? Now, one interesting thing, too, though, is that these verses talk about the sheep have not exactly had an easy experience. Mm -hmm. We're talking about this idea of suffering and trials. Okay. So God's bringing us out of some kind of trouble that we've been in previously. All oh, right. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go to Nicole, and I haven't forgotten our remote, but, but Nicole, one of my favorite passages in the Gospel of John is where Jesus talks, and of course, Jesus is the Son of God who came into humanity. Amen. So it shouldn't surprise us that he sounds like all of these Amen. scriptures of the Old Testament, exactly. right? But could you read for us John 10, verses 14 through 16? And I'm reading from the New International Version, and it says, I am the Good Shepherd. 
I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I laid down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Sabina, I want you to react to, you've heard all these texts. We're going to go to an ancient Psalm, Psalm 23, but even if we didn't have that Psalm, what would we know about the Good Shepherd? Specifically, we're talking about suffering mm. and trial and, and the Good Shepherd. Well, Pastor Nerik, I think that it shows to us that God, the Good Shepherd, He really cares about caring for us in whatever condition we are, and especially if we are lost or suffering or feeling hurt. And in that sense, it makes me feel very secure and confident that even when I'm going through trials or difficulties in this life, that good God has not forgotten me, that He will be there for me anytime. Amen. Rodney, you want to add to that? What do you hear just from this brief survey of the scriptures about the Good Shepherd? There are so many words that come to mind. I hear caring, I hear intimacy, I hear gentle, I hear being him being resourceful. And the last text that we just read spoke to the fact that there are other sheep that he has out there that need to come to the fold. And we're part of that process to help them to come into God's fold. Well, I appreciate what Rodney said, and Gladys, I'm going to have you read from 2 Samuel in just a moment. But, you know, we're not the original part of the fold. We're the ones that have been added in. <laughs> and that's yes. good news yeah. that mm -hmm. he has other sheep, right? Yes, exactly. Who are not yet of that fold, but he's going to bring them also. Mm -hmm. And how many? Well, there'll be one shepherd, one, one flock. One flock. Mm -hmm. One flock. Mm -hmm. We're going to go now to a 3,000-year-old scripture song written about 1,000 B.C., but before we read it, Gladys, if you could read to us an important revelation from 2 Samuel 23 and verse 2. Because here at the end of his life, King David, who was the primary psalmist, there were other psalmists, as you know, but he reflects back over the spiritual gift that was given right. to him yep. in composing these scripture songs. Gladys, could you read 2 Samuel 23 and verse 2? Sure. And I'm reading from the New International Version. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. Mm. Does that remind you of any other texts of Scripture that speak about inspiration? We don't have to read them, but Jason, can you think of one? Yeah, it says, Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Spirit. Okay. You're quoting there from First Peter, is it Second Peter 1, verse yeah. 21, I think, right? Okay. So, here, David, long before the time of Peter, is saying, the Holy Spirit put those words in my mouth. So we're going to go to a scripture now, and uh, let's go to Psalm 23. Now, the book of Psalms is actually a, it's what, what I call growing up a hymn book, mm -hmm. a song book. And uh, how many are there in that song book? Anybody remember? 150? 150 of them, that's right. And the shortest one, I think, is Psalm 117. Mm -hmm. And the longest is Psalm 119, right? Mm -hmm. 176 <laughs> verses. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're going to go to Psalm 23. And this psalm will give us some of the encouragement we've talked about, loving, caring, but also suffering. Because this series on suffering and trials, we're going to talk about suffering not 
by the Good Shepherd, but with yes. the Good Shepherd. Yes. Right. So Psalm 23, and uh, I'm going to ask Laurel if you would read verse 1 for us as we start uh, the study of this specific psalm. All right. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible, Psalms 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. All right. So anybody, what, what jumps? There's many answers to this question, uh, but uh, Rodney, maybe you can start. What jumps out at you just from that? Just give me one thing that really hits you in that first sentence. The confidence of the sheep in the shepherd to the, to the extent where the sheep is convinced that the shepherd is enough for the sheep. Hmm. Okay, and what gives the sheep, of course, we're people, not sheep, but what gives us the confidence, Jason, to, to, to say that? The identity of the shepherd. Okay, and what does it tell us in that psalm? Who is that shepherd? The Lord. God is our shepherd. And in my Bible, I'm looking in Psalm 23. I didn't have it open here, but let me go to it. I think it's, it's uh, all Capitalized. capital letters, yeah. which... Uh, which it doesn't appear that way maybe in the NIV or other versions, but that was just to help us know. Does anybody know what was that to help us know when it put that word Lord all in capital letters? Anybody know? To show emphasis. No, it's more specific than that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it is emphasis, but for a specific reason. So I believe this is the personal name of God. This is his relational character. Which is? Yahweh? Yahweh, that's right. And they wouldn't say the sacred name, right? But, but to let us know that it was that tetragrammaton, those four letters, Yahweh, yeah. they, they put it in capital letters for us. Oh. So, so, so why is that important? You say the identity. What do we know about the Lord Yahweh, the I Am? Well, He's our Creator, our Sustainer, our Savior. He's the He's the one who has saved us, and He's the one who wants to have the personal relationship with us. Right. Remember Moses standing before the burning bush. Who shall I say has sent me? I am. I am, I am that I am. <laughs> and of course, Jesus later will say, before Abraham was, I am. He is Yahweh. He is the one who has come into humanity to save us. I'm going to get excited <laughs> because if we're going through tri trials and suffering, to know that I am is the shepherd. Yes. That's good news. Somebody else, what, what, what jumps out at you there? There's another word that really jumps out at me in that first sentence. Yes, Nicole. Well, my version, and the NIV says, I lack nothing. Oh. Okay, you want to jump onto that. That's good oh, too. Okay. And that's related to who the yes. shepherd is. If I just said, uh, Fred is my shepherd, right. I could lack a few things, <laughs> or Mary is my shepherd. Right. Uh, but the Lord, right? Oh, I yes. lack no good things. Sabina? For me, what jumps up is also the word my. Oh, thank you. That was the word why that there is a relationship <laughs> yes. between shepherd and the sheep, and the sheep knows that this Lord is theirs. So it's not only that God wants to be with us, but the she but the sheep is also identified identifying God as their uh, source, their their presence, their guide, which means that there's something going on there that is not just um, a momentary relationship, mm. but someone that has seen God acting in the past, that is seeing God acting in the present, and that trusts that God will keep acting and being their shepherd in the future. Thank you, Sabina. I'm so glad you got the word my. I started jumping up and down. It's not just the Lord is the shepherd. Right. 
He's my shepherd, yeah. Amen. right? Yes. That's very personal. And by the way, oh, really, Travis, you know, you're just, a, you know, you, after all the things you've done, and really, he's your shepherd. And, and the psalmist says, the Lord, what's the next word? Is. He is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he is my shepherd. shepherd. Do you see how much power there is just wow. in that first part? That well, let's go on. Enoch, if you could read verses 2 and 3 of Psalm 23, let's see what are some good things that the Good Shepherd does for us. What, what are some pleasant places He leads us? Okay, it reads, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Amen. Amen. Which Amen. one of those do you like the best, Jason? Well, I like the green grass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> in, my, you know, in my margin, it says tender grass. Tender grass. So like okay. soft like carpets. You know, All right. Mm. Well, you're thinking of lying down, but the sheep may be thinking, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, he gives me my daily bread. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. So green grass, Travis? I like how the NLT puts it. It says he lets me. Mm. He, he, he lets me come to green pastures. It's not like he's forcing or making me. Okay. And um, okay. so I just thought that's how God is. As he got a free will, he lets me do this. Uh, because we could get the idea from he makes me do this that mm -hmm. God is forcing. He's forcing. Yeah. Okay. So he's opening the way. Opening uh, you know, way. I remember children's story as a child, the shepherd going and pulling up all the poisonous weeds, right. just having the tender grass, <laughs> grass. for me. You know, and I'm, I'm like excited. <laughs> but the Lord is right. my shepherd, right? right. Exactly. Anything else besides the green grass, Nicole? Well, I love that he refreshes my soul. <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. He refreshes. Yes. I mean, yes. I need that. I need mm -hmm. to be refreshed. Sure. At all times, so I, that that sticks to me. Rod, Rodney, can you resonate with that refreshing soul? What else connects with oh, you? Oh, absolutely. Same with Nicole. The part that uh, resonates with me is the still water. Mm. <laughs> and as you go through the turmoils of life and the trials and the suffering, oh, we need those still waters. Mm. Thank you, Good Shepherd. Ooh. Amen. Amen. All right, Sabina. Just going along with what Travis was saying, how God he is gentle, but at the same time, I think what impresses me is that despite being gentle, he's, he makes the point of leading us. Mm -hmm. So respect, in respecting our freedom of will, he still takes the time and the effort to guide us, to show us, to give us light. So he doesn't want us to wander by our own. He will point towards good direction. If we want to hear, we just follow. And there will be in still waters in a place of prosperity and goodness that God has for us. Amen. Wow. I, I want to, there's a lot of hands raised here. <laughs> so I'm going to take those hands, but I want to give you an opportunity to testify a time when the Lord, your shepherd, led you to a pleasant place. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now you say, Derek, what's this got to do with suffering and trials? The next verse. Mm -hmm. But we need to remember how good he is. Mm -hmm when we go through the suffering and trial, right? We need to remember the pleasant places that he's brought us. So think about that uh, after these comments. Travis? There was four words that really stuck out to me in these verses, and that was rest, peace, strength, and righteousness. Mm -hmm. Okay. And those words I was, I'm reading as like, God, he's going to give us rest, peace, strength, and his righteousness. And I thought, wow, that's powerful. Right. And, and again, specifically after what Gladys uh, read about that the Holy Spirit gave me those words. It's mm. not like, well, it's just interesting ancient literature. Mm. No, no. The Holy Spirit said, Psalmist, um, here's some thoughts to write down. Right. Strength, 
Peace, peace, rest, rest, righteousness. righteousness. Enoch? I think for me, what stood out was when it says, for his name's sake, uh, understanding okay. that God can never fail. You know, mm -hmm. so we, he's going to guide us on the right path because he knows that he, he can never fail. So he wants to put us on the right path in the right direction. Thank you for catching Amen. that. We could have missed that. Uh, Gladys, reflect on what Enoch just said. What do you think it means he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake? What, what does that mean? He wants us to walk in the right path, to glorify His name. Ah. Whatever we do is to bring glory to Him. So I was going to point out that word as well, for His namesake. So when, he, when we have that green pasture, that soothing water, that wonderful grass, it should evoke praises to Him. Amen. All right. We're going to come to the difficult valley in just a minute here, but share a time that God led you through a pleasant place. Anybody have a testimony to share? God brought you to a pleasant place, and then how we should respond when we get there. Jason? Sure. So uh, I remember there was a weekend uh, some years ago. I was helping a friend with uh, putting together a wedding, and it was kind of busy, and it was stressful. And so on Sabbath, the day before the wedding, we just went up on a mountain, and we had worship up there. We had a meal, and it was a great chance to reflect. We were up in the trees and, and with nature. You mean up in the trees or in the woodlands? <laughs> well, in the wood, well, we were several thousand feet up high, and so uh, it was just a beautiful time to relax, to see nature, take a break from some of the stress of the planning, and also so spend time with God and spend time with our friends just in close community. It, it was a pleasant place. Very much. You felt God lead you there. Anybody else? Gladys? Yes. Um, recently, I, we had a very, very busy w uh, week uh, of work, and we went to this retreat, and, uh, and it was by the beach. And when we got there, it was close to sundown on Friday, and I saw the sun coming down. It was the most gorgeous sunset. And I felt like it was God inviting us into his rest because mm -hmm. it was such a, a busy week. And just coming to that view mm. by the water and the sun coming down, it was just like a gift from God. Amen. Beautiful. Well, it could be, uh, I guess that sunset for some people could be a moment of terror if they're afraid there's going to be bombing or robberies yeah. during the night. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. We've got to know the good shepherds with us, right? Yeah, exactly. Sabina? Pastor Derek, there is the best probably moment that I've had in my life, if I look in retrospective, is surely the moment where I received Jesus as my Savior and my Lord when I was 15 years old. So I still remember that day I was in a classroom and, uh, you know, studying the Bible with some friends. And the person who was leading the study, she asked me if I would like to confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And that, that decision changed my entire life from that moment on. So... That, that was surely the most sweet moment of my life as I consider um, my, my records, you know. And oh. Sabina, now here you are working as a pastor in British Columbia, Canada. God's bless you. <laughs> we're, we're so glad you can join us remotely, even though you're not here in the studio as you have been many times in the past. Well, we could just stay there and we could use my favorite <laughs> Hebrew word, you know, hallelujah. Uh, he is a good shepherd, isn't he? Amen. Yes. Uh, and, and he's not only their shepherd, he's my, he's my shepherd, right? But, but now we're going to move because remember this series is on suffering and trials. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason, if you could read for us the next verse, Psalm 23 and verse 4, because uh, 
Well, let's see where the Good Shepherd leads next. Yes. The New King James Version says, Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So I have an important question here, Rodney. Maybe you can start the discussion for us. Does the Good Shepherd deliberately lead us through the dark valley for some reason? Or is the dark valley there and the Good Shepherd is leading us through it? Now, I don't want there's just I see Nicole squinting like <laughs> there's more to that question than meets the eye. Rodney, uh, let's let's unpack that because he is good and he's your shepherd. Right. Does he deliberately lead us through a dark valley or is the dark valley there and he leads us through it? What do you think? That is indeed a deep question. And um, if we look at scripture, we will see instances where. The Lord allows uh, us to pass, or the Bible characters back then, to pass through certain paths to help with teaching those individuals, including us, lessons that we need to learn. Because sometimes what happens to us is we, we start to feel as if we're independent of this Good Shepherd. And sometimes the Shepherd has to allow us to come to the conclusion ourselves that we are dependent on him if we want to pass through the valley of the shadow of death. So I've seen instances where a little bit of both will take place. Ultimately, the goal being for us as the sheep to recognize that this good, great shepherd, we can have confidence and depend on him as we go through these challenging times. All right, Nicole, let me, I saw the squinting. There's more to it, isn't there? There is. Uh, is he looking for dark valleys to lead us through or... Rodney says, well, maybe sometime he says, I want to teach you a lesson, Derek. I want to teach you a lesson, Jason. Mm -hmm. or, or are there times that the dark valley's there? We live in a broken, sinful world, yeah. but he's going to go with us through it. What do you think? I mean, I think, as Rodney said, it's a little of both. I think there are situations that the Lord knows we need to be in in order to strengthen our character, to depend on him. I don't think he's looking for situations to destroy us. But I think that he does allow things to happen in our lives. And some of it's from our own choosing. Yeah. He allows consequences to be the result of our choices, but then he's there with us. And so, either way, yes. right? Yes, either way. Either way, he's, he's there with us. And exactly. that's the good news, isn't it, yes. Travis? And then Jason. Can I read a Bible text? Of course you can. From Where are Hebrews you 11, 24 and 25. So you're reading from the, from the chapter of faith where people have been through all kinds of adversities. And uh, I, I love Hebrews chapter 11. And you'd like to read which verses? 24 and 25? Yeah. Give us just a moment to find Hebrews 11, 24 and 25. And how does that read in your Bible? I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Okay. It seems to me that um, when you choose to be, become a child of God, that there's going to be, uh, you're going to face aff um, afflictions and sorrows. And it's not because God is bad and, and, and necessarily putting these kind of things on us. It's because there's an enemy. Mm. And he doesn't want us to be... Um, attached to this shepherd. 
He wants to separate us from the fold. The, the Bible says that the, that, the, that the wolf comes to scatter the sheep. Right. And so he's trying to divide us and, and the get enemies, us away. The enemies, you mean. Yeah. The enemy's trying to divide Yeah, he's okay. trying to divide us. Separate so. us. So, okay. there's, so I think it's inevitable once we become a child of God and choose to follow Jesus, we're going to face trials. Because but unbelievers also go through dark valleys, don't mm -hmm. they? Yes. Yes. They go through times of suffering and trial. What's the difference? We have the we good have shepherd. God is the with us. The shepherd wants to be yes. with us yes. if we'll, we'll let we him be with us, right? Yes, Sabina. Pastor Derek, you made such a profound question, and I find it's very important that we remember that God is not the author of evil and of suffering. Right. That when He created us, you know, we see in Genesis, He made us to prosper and to enjoy life in a relationship with Him that was close. And what causes suffering in this world is seeing, and as Travis well said, with that the enemy and his demons. So we may go through suffering as a result of our encounter with seeing of ourselves and of other people as we journey this life as, as it is. But God's ultimate goal is to lead us in a place where there will be no more tears, no more suffering, no more pain. So I understand that when we look at this passage here and re reflecting on your question, no, it's not God who is leading us into that valley of suffering, but he knows that because of the context that we are all in this big controversy, right, that we are going through, that there will be moments where we are going to encounter again with the seeing of others and of our own selves, right. and there will be suffering result, resulting of that. So we need to be with him to bear with it. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's challenging because he is leading us through the dark valley. That's mm -hmm. what it says. But he's with us. The question yeah. is, did he create that dark valley? Mm -hmm. Or was the dark valley there because we're on a broken planet and he leads us through it? Well, what's most important? And by the way, Rodney, you're absolutely right. And, and maybe it was uh, Sabina, too. We're going to talk in our second study about who's creating all of this right. suffering. Mm -hmm. And it's not God right? Mm -hmm. But the, the Lord, the Good Shepherd, wants to be with us through the dark valley. Yeah. Jason Lawson, we got two Jasons here, so I'm giving yeah. you a last name too. Mm -hmm. Can you think of a time in your life when the Good Shepherd led you through a dark valley? Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, I can remember in Chicago, uh, I just had a horrible car accident and I was uh, in the car thinking about committing suicide. Mm -hmm. And at this particular point in my life, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't know about God. I know I knew, you know, from what friends and with my mom being a Christian, you know, those particular uh, elements of God, but I didn't have a personal relationship with the shepherd, you know, and so it got to a point where, yeah, I was sitting there contemplating, but God knew me, you know, the shepherd knew me. And so I believe in that point in time that he was trying to gather my thoughts because the way that I was living was not according to his purpose, you know, for me. And so that right there was a dark valley to get me on the right path, that path of righteousness for his name. So would sake. you say he worked good through that dark valley? Yes. Did he yes. cause the accident? No, he didn't. No, no. But he worked through it. By the way, I know you're from Chicago because you've got a tattoo yeah, that yeah. tells me that. Yeah. But the Lord rescued he you. He rescued me. Amen. From that life. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that place, that dark valley. I, I wish we could stay a lot on, on sharing that, but we'll come back some more. What are some lessons? Uh, Gladys, can you think of at least one lesson the Good Shepherd want, want to teach us when leading us through the dark valley? Mm. What do you think? When we go through the dark valley, that's when we recognize 
who the shepherd is in our lives. You know, we may have a notion, but it's when we go through the valley that we understand. How will we know if he is faithful, if we had no battles? How will we know that he could hear, that he could heal the brokenhearted if we have not our heart broken? Mm. How he could, we could know that he could heal if we had not been sick? So I think the lessons that he wants to teach us is to trust our lives to him mm. and that whatever happens, we will lack nothing because he is with us. So we'll discover, thank you, Gladys, beautiful point. We'll discover a promise later in the scriptures that God can work all things together for good Amen. to those who love him, right? Amen. Even the dark valley, exactly. which he's not fabricating suffering and causing hardship. Amen. He's not creating car accidents, right. but he's wanting to work in the midst of them. Amen. Travis? One of the words that just stuck out to me in the verse is that it's through the dark valley. Yes. You know, yes. I was thinking of he, God led the, the children of Israel through the Red Sea. He mm. didn't leave them in the middle of the sea. Exactly. The fact that he uses the word through means we're coming out the other side. Oh, that's Amen. good. Someone said to me one time, he wants me to go with him through the dark valley, not pitch a tent in the dark valley. Amen. Right, Enoch? I think that God wants to show us that no matter the circumstance, He's going to accomplish his good, you know, and whatever trials we go through, mm -hmm. he wants us to, uh, he wants to train us and make us better. So if you go to Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, uh, after Joseph had been captured by his uh, brothers and sold and, and all these things, we see that um, he's telling his brothers. You want to read that text for us? Yes. Give us the reference so we can have time to find it. Genesis. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. All right. I love it when someone throws in another Bible text, but you have to give us time to find it. Genesis 15. 50. Oh, 50. Verse 20. Okay. Genesis 50. Thank you. Genesis 50, right at the end of the book of Genesis and verse 20. And we're talking here about God leading, the Good Shepherd leading us through the dark valley. Mm -hmm. How does that read in your translation of the Bible? Okay. So it says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done. Amen. Mm. I, wanted, Amen. I wanted to say that to say that um, Joseph, even though he was sold by his brothers, you know, to slavery and it went through a lot of things, God still, you know, accomplished his purpose through, you know, all the suffering and all the trials that he was going through. Beautiful, beautiful. Amen. Gladys, I'm going to have you take us to Isaiah, if you will. And then if there's another Bible text, there are other promises that tell us the Good Shepherd will be with us through the dark valley, right? Amen. Uh, in Isaiah, Gladys, if you could read chapter 43, verses 1 and 2. And then, Jason, could you read John 16 and verse 33? And maybe you can think of another one. But the, the Bible's full of promises that the Good Shepherd is with us through, thank you, not just in, but through the dark valley. Gladys? Sure. I'm reading from the New International Version, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Amen. 
you could tell as Gladys was reading that that touched her heart. Nicole, what, what, what is it about that text that is so powerful? I think that when you have gone through trials and tribulations mm -hmm. and you can feel that God is with you and you know that he's going to take you mm -hmm. through, it just, it, it's almost like a cry of thanksgiving Man. that God is going to be there for you Oof. when you are going through your difficulties. This is not hypothetical. No. Right. No. This is thinking about the fire and thinking about the flood. And Gladys, thank you for reading that even with tears because the word is living and active, Amen. right? And the Holy Spirit speaks yes. to our hearts when we read the word. Yes. Thank you. Jason, another word from Jesus in John 16 yeah. and verse 33. What, is he, what does Jesus say? That's one of my favorites too, Pastor Derek. I'm reading John chapter 16, verse 33. And the Bible says, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. <laughs> Amen. So think about that in terms of this psalm and the dark valley and the good shepherd leading us through. Re read the text one more time and, and hear the words from the psalm. All right. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So the good shepherd now, using that language, it, he's saying what? When you go on your journey, you will have tribulation. You'll have troubles. You'll have, or to use the language of Psalm 23, oh. you will have to go through dark valley. the dark valley. Yeah. But remember what? Mm -hmm. I'm, with I'm with you. I'm with you, and we're going to go through. We're going yeah. to go through, right? Yeah. I've overcome the world. Overcome Travis? The world. Derek, it was just this year I was listening to someone sing a song, uh, the God of the mountain is still God of the valley. And I never <laughs> knew that that was even based on scripture. <laughs> I mean, there, there's the, the idea. But then I was reading through the scriptures, and here... Um, some king, I forgot who it was, said, um, God is, your God is not the God of the valley. And God destroyed them for saying that. And he's like, <laughs> don't even say I'm not God of the valley. Because that is like an abomination. To right. even think that God is not God of the valley is completely contrary to, to who God is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got a role, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, we're going to have to move on. You see, Derek, this is such a powerful series. We're just getting started a series on suffering and trials. We've started out how good the Good Shepherd is. He's a very good shepherd and he's my shepherd. But he's not only leading us to pleasant places. Right. He's also with us through suffering and trials. Mm -hmm. But let's keep studying here. And I'm going to ask Sabina if you could read for us Psalm 23 again, verse 5a. So just the first part of Psalm 23, verse 5. And let's see what that says. Okay, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, uh, Psalms 23, 5a. It says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's it, right there. Mm. I have a question, and maybe Sabine, you, Sabina, you could start the discussion. Why would the Good Shepherd prepare a table in the presence of your enemies? Why doesn't he drive all of your enemies away? Uh, and just say, I'll prepare a table down by that nice tender grass that Jason likes, <laughs> right? Yeah. What do you think? Pastor Derek, understanding the context of what we were talking about, you know, we are all living in a great controversy. The enemies are there. And at this moment, God is still having to journey us around those difficulties and those enemies. So what he can do at this point is just to 
put that table in front of us with all the resources that we need for him to, you know, overcome and also be a blessing even to our enemies. So when I see this passage saying that he's putting this table there for us, is that he's teaching us that even when we go through these trials, even when we face those enemies, that we'll have enough resources, not only to, you know, um, have just enough, but to have plentiful and bountiful food, even beyond overflowing what are our true needs. Um, so I had a text that came to my mind because don't you think the enemies would like to come and smash the table, turn it over? <laughs> and and the, the text that came to my mind was in Job 1.10 where Satan complains and says, have you not put a hedge <laughs> about him and about his family and all that he has? And by the way, if you read the book of Job, when the Lord says, okay, let me show you who'll be faithful to me even in wow. times of suffering oh, and trial, wow. when the hedge of protection is removed, chaos, wow. death, yeah. suffering. Yeah. Could it be that the Lord, what's he trying to tell us, Rodney, when he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies? When I reflect on that portion of scripture, it reminds me that there are, you can literally be focusing on the enemies, but what he's trying to help us to do is to focus on him right. as we go through these challenges with him. You know, Pastor Derek, the truth is that all of us, and there may be some um, of our Hope Sabbath School members who are watching, they may think that we have always just, you know, uh, relied on the Good Shepherd to take us through our challenges. The truth is that we have gone through our challenges and suffering without God, and we, we have felt, we have understood what that is like. Mm -hmm. And what we're saying to our Hope Sabbath School members is, we have tried another way. We have tried this Good Shepherd, right. and there is a difference. Yeah. There is a huge mm -hmm. difference between going through our challenges, challenges and trials without this Good Shepherd. And there is a huge difference with going through our challenges with this Shepherd. And with this Shepherd, when we go through and we have our enemies, He will be there, right there. And if we focus our eyes on Him constantly, going through the valley, he will be there with us and we would be comforted. Amen. There's a major difference between the two. Oh, Amen. that is such an encouragement. You know, that just, I'm not even focusing on the hedge mm -hmm. of protection. Mm -hmm. I'm focusing on the fact that the Lord prepares a table for me. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and until we get to that place, Sabina said, the new heaven and new earth where righteousness dwells, there will be enemies. Didn't Jesus say, I send you out as lambs yeah. Yeah. in the midst of wolves? Yeah. Jason? Is it also possible, too, that God wants to be the good shepherd to some of those enemies? Because yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. if you look exactly. at like uh, Saul, who was one of the enemies, he became the Apostle Paul. He became a servant of the good shepherd. Now that is a profound comment hmm. because Jesus, could you read for us in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44, Jason? And let's unpack what Jason just said, that maybe the Lord is showing his goodness in the presence of the enemies because he wants those enemies hmm. to become part of his fold, hmm. to become part of his family. 
What, what did Jesus say in uh, Matthew 5, verse 44? All right, the New King James Version says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, mm -hmm. do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. That's a miracle, right? Amen. But but let me ask the question, Gladys, maybe you could start a discussion. Why does Jesus want us to love our enemies? Why, why don't we just ignore them? Why does he want us to love them? And by the way, I haven't opened the, the Greek text, but I'm guessing that is the agape love, mm -hmm. the, the, the self-sacrificing love, the God so loved the world love, right? Why does he want us to love our enemies? We're talking about the banquet in the presence of our enemies. What do you well, think? When, when you talk about a banquet in the presence of your enemies, it's God, you know, providing something. When you come to the table, is you, you enjoy the fellowship. So God wants us to be his hands. He, God wants us to reflect his character. So when we love our enemies, we are reflecting God's love to them. We are witnessing to them. The table is set before us of God, God's goodness. So we are reflecting what God has done for us in, the, in their presence. So they will see the difference to facing trials with the shepherd and facing trials without the shepherd. All right. And maybe, maybe Jason, I can, I had an epiphany while we were discussing. Maybe he wants to even have us invite them to the table. Exactly. Yes. I don't know. Enoch? Yeah, um, we are all God's children uh, and God is in the business of saving souls. You know, so whatever he's going to do, you know, to gain our salvation, that's what he's going to do. So uh, I think that was a great point that Jason really shared. Yeah, yeah. Let the enemies, because the enemies are my precious children too, right? Exactly. Let yeah. the enemies see, and we've got to move on after your comment, Travis, but let the enemies see that I want them also to come to the table. Yes. The Lord is not only my shepherd, the Lord is, well, he wants to be their shepherd, shepherd well. everyone's shepherd. Travis? So just thinking of a quote I, uh, that has just stuck out to me in a book I've read, it was actually it was the book that changed my life, Desire of Ages, mm -hmm. page 22, and it says, only with love is love awakened. Mm -hmm. right. Only with love is love awakened. So we, we could beat up the enemy, but that's not going to do any good. <laughs> right? But we can show them love and something might stir in their heart. Invite them to the table. table. Exactly. You know, what a, what a paradigm shift. What a, a switch yeah. in thinking. Yeah. When I'm going through suffering and trials yeah. to say, Lord, who do you want me to invite to the table, table. of your blessing? Amen. Well, there's one last phrase, and Laurel, if you could read it for us, still in chapter, Psalm, I should say, 23, verse 5b, in addition to setting a table, what does it say? Um, in the New American Standard Bible, uh, Psalm 23, 5b, the second half, it says, You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. All right. Uh, what, what's the imagery there, uh, Rodney or Gladys? Gladys, what, what's the imagery? You know, in, in times of the kings where they will give banquets, uh, everybody's um, cup had to be filled in order for the guests to know that they were still welcome at the, ta at the table. So the parties, you know, will go for, for a long time during the, the time of the kings. So the imagery here is saying basically that God wants you to tell us, the, for us to stay there, to linger with him forever. Because the cup is not only filled, 
the cup is overflowing. Mm-hmm. He wants us to stay with him as long, I mean, forever. So that imagery is beautiful because he's inviting us to a permanent relationship with him. Now this anointing the head with oil, thank you for that, by the way, and Sabina, I'll come to your point. The anointing the head with oil could be like the king or, but, but if I remember correctly reading about shepherds, they also would put oil on the wounds of yeah, the sheep. And isn't there a text in the New Testament about anyone feeble or weak call the elders to anoint you in the name of the Lord? Is it possible Is it possible, Sabina, that when we go through these valleys that we may suffer some wounds? Mm -hmm. We may need not only to know the cups overflowing, as Gladys said, but that the Lord is is the one who wants to heal us in that time. What do you think? Yes, Pastor Derek, and this is the point that I was uh, hoping to, to share when Gladys was reading, because I also understand that the oil is not only for the anointing of a king, for instance, and is not only speaking to how God can raise us to great positions in, even when we are in that situation of trouble and difficulties, but also that he's looking for opportunities to heal our wounds, to take care of us. Uh, you know, he may not be able, again, to remove the enemies from our face, but he may be able to cover up all those bleedings and uh, hurts that we are carrying through those moments of, of um, soreness in our lives. So. And, and even that healing can be a testimony, Amen. right? Amen. Yeah. Even that healing can be a testimony. Yeah. Nicole, we got to get to the last verse, if you could read it for us. <clears throat> this is our destiny. Now, this is a series on suffering and trials, but not suffering and trials alone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but suffering and trials with Christ, mm-hmm. our comfort, our strength, our hope. Uh, how does the psalmist, inspired by the Holy Spirit, end this scripture song? The New International Version, <clears throat> excuse me, of Psalms 23, verse 6 says, Surely your goodness and, f- and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So maybe someone's here at Hope Sabbath School joining us today, even in our team, mm-hmm. and we're going through suffering and trials. We live on planet Earth, right? Yes. What what does it what does it do for your heart to hear the end of the story? <laughs> Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life, even through the dark valley. Yes. Yeah. Rodney, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What what? How does that impact you? I'm trying to contain myself, Pastor, because um, okay. this, is, this, is, this, is the, this is the culmination of the story where when you go through the, the, the valley of the shadow of death, the scripture says that goodness, the shepherd's goodness, the good shepherd's goodness, and it goes on to say, and his unfailing love. And if you go back to the original manuscript, it says a love that pursues you, one that is relentless after you, and we will live with him forever. Pastor Derek, the, 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 the challenges of life are real. Mm-hmm. And if we depend on this good, great shepherd, he will take, you, take us to pastures of righteousness. And that's, what, that's the great hope that we have in this Good Shepherd. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I liked your translation, Nicole. Mine just says, surely goodness and mercy. But yours said, surely your goodness. And I don't think that's reading into the text. He Mm -hmm. is with us. It is His goodness and His mercy that follows us all the days of our lives. And and we have an eternal hope. Amen. Right, Travis? So, Derek, as, as she was reading this, I just thought to myself, that's the theme of Scripture. That we would do, that God would dwell with us, and we would dwell with Him. Mm. It's consistent theme. Even when they build a tabernacle, let them make a tabernacle that I may dwell with them. Mm. It's all, and then Jesus comes in person that He may be with us, God with us. And then we get to that revelation, and it says the tabernacle of God will dwell with men. Mm. That's what God wants to do: is to dwell with His people. He loves us. Amen. You know, I just realized I have a special gift for you, and I didn't tell you. Mm-hmm. This theme song that we're learning for this quarter from Psalm, from Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That scripture song is one of a collection of 12 songs. We're calling it Songs of Hope that mm-hmm. we want to offer to you as a free gift during this series on suffering and trials because it's suffering and trials with Christ who is our comfort, our strength, and our hope. And I'd like to just invite you to go to our website sometime this week, hopetv.org slash hopess. There's a little button in the middle of the screen. It says free gift. Push on that button. (laughs) Click on it, actually. And you can download those 12 songs, including the theme song that we have for this series, Fear Not, For I Am With You. Do we need songs of hope today? What do you say, Glenn? We need songs of hope because we live in a world where there is suffering and trials, but we do not need to face that suffering, those trials alone. Mm. The Lord, my friend, is your shepherd. You see, Derek, I've never asked him to be my shepherd. Then ask him today. Mm. Say, Jesus, be my good shepherd, be my savior, be my defender, be my blessed hope today. And he will do that for you. He will save you. And then hide those scripture songs in your heart Mm -hmm. and go forward to be a blessing to those around you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, We're just starting a series. In some ways, it's difficult because we speak about suffering and trials. And yet there is a blessed hope because Jesus is the good shepherd and he will care for us, leading us, yes, in pleasant places, but also through dark valleys. Thank you that you will lead us, Jesus, through to that blessed destiny you have for us with you in your holy name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. Just starting the series, it's going to be a great blessing. Jesus is your good shepherd. Don't keep that news to yourself. Go out and be a blessing to those around you.